This is Daylight Magazine coming to you from Adventist World Radio Ghana, the voice of hope. Today's Daylight Magazine has segments designed with you in mind. Stay tuned and be blessed. Listener, welcome to today's reflections. Today's thought nuggets is titled The Time to Trust. The Time to Trust. When should we trust God? It's not when hope's flag is high in the sky, but when many bow their heads and groan, Why? The darkest hour is the time for unwavering trust. That is why the Apostle Paul trusted at such a time. In shipwreck, he said, When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope for being saved. This can be found in Acts 27 verse 20. But then he went on to say, Keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God. Verse 25. The time to trust God is not when life is calm and sings its psalm. It's when the storms rage and our song is but a lisping cry. The prophet Habakkuk says, Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen, and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. For more nuggets by Dr. Pippin, please visit eaglesonline.org and click on weekly thought nuggets. My name is Margaret Abebrese, the presenter. Thank you once again for listening.
Examine yourself. Examine yourself. Note down this quotation and read afterwards. That is Psalm 139. Read from chapter 1 to the last verse. The verse 1 to 24. Examine yourself. Sometimes our sins can block answers to prayer. Let the prayer of the psalmist be one of yours. Search me, O God, and know my thoughts. See if there be some wicked way in me. Cleanse me from every sin and set me free. Remember, God is all-seeing, all-knowing, all-powerful, and everywhere present. God knows us. God is with us. And his greatest gift is to allow us to know him. He is ready to set you. Examine yourself. And if you cannot find anything, ask God to set yourself. And then, ask him for forgiveness so that your prayers will be answered. God bless you. I am Belle Dollarville. We're here once again with the Daily Devotional Series. I am Sandra Ahia, and with me here is our own Pastor William Opondankwa. Please, you're welcome. Thank you. Our lesson is captioned, Free Will. But before we go through this lesson, let's seek the face of God. Our eternal rock of ages, we come to your throne of grace. Please be with us as we go through your lessons. In Jesus' name, have I prayed thanksgiving. Amen. Talking of free will, Embedded in the creation account is the warning God gave about not eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, as we can find this in Genesis chapter 2 verse 9. So right from the start, we can see the moral elements granted humanity, something not seen in any of the other living creatures. As we said yesterday, the capacity for moral judgment is one way that humans reveal the image and likeness of God. If we take a good look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 through to 17, it tells us a lot. and want us to know of the reality of free will in humanity. This whole week, we are looking at the missionary nature of God. The missionary nature of God. That's what we are looking at. We are looking at the nature of God. Naturally, he seeks to draw us closer to him. He's not a wicked God. 
It's not a God who is thinking about our distractions. He's thinking about how to restore us and bring us closer to him. And Sunday, we saw God created man and and woman. We saw God took his time in creating man on the sixth day. Man was the last of God's creation. God created man special. He created man in his own image and he gave man the dominion to rule over what he has created. And today we are looking at free will. We are looking at free will. Right from creation, one thing we do see is the command God gave to Adam and Eve. Telling them that they can eat of all the trees of the garden. But there is one tree. That's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They are not to eat of that tree. For the day they eat of that tree, they will surely die. That's the command God gave to man. So you could see this idea, that moral responsibility of man, even right from creation. God wanted man to, to choose whether they will worship him or not. So he told them, you, you, are, you are free to do everything, but there is this tree. You are not to go near that tree. You are not to eat of that tree because the day you do, you will surely die. So God gave man that command right from his creation. But that was not so with the other, uh, other creation of God or the other creatures of God. The other things God created like the sun, the moon, the trees, and the animals. They are free to do. Uh, they, are, they are just to obey God. They don't have the, 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 the freedom of choice. Dears is to obey God. That's how God created them. So they obey God without element of choice. Dears is to obey God. And God could have created man that way. God could have just created man like robots. Automatically, we are to worship him. But he did not do it that way. He created man as a special being, as we studied yesterday, that we are special. We are not like the other creatures of God. We are special. So God took his time. He molded us. He breathed the breath of life into man. And man became a living soul. Whereas the other creatures he spoke and they came to being. Telling we are special. As such, God has given man the freedom of choice. Because God created man for himself. He has created us for himself and we're created in his own image. So he has given us the freedom of choice to choose whether to worship him or not to worship him. So God wanted them to make their own choices, to choose to worship him voluntarily without being forced. He wants us to worship him without anyone forcing us. That's the God we are worshiping. He wants us to really from our hearts know that this is a God. He's a loving God. And truly, I want to dedicate my whole self to this God. Make this God first in my life. That's how God created man to be. So that's why the aspect people will say, then God is wicked because he allows sin to come. You could see this is not the fault of God. He created us as moral beings. We can decide to worship him or not. That's how he created us. Telling that he's a loving God. He didn't want to control us. He wanted us to freely decide to worship him. Because of its divine origin, human free free will is protected and respected by God. He respects your free will. He protects and respects our free will he has given unto us. So he does not force us into making choices. So the wrong choices that we do make, we will face the consequence. And that he has given us caution. That this and that, this is the right choice. If you are to make this right choice, it will help you. 
but he will not force you. But if you go by the wrong, there are consequences you cannot run away from it. That's how our God is. He's a good God and he has allowed us to freely worship him. And as such, with this free will God has given unto us, it brings about three implications. The first one is the, uh, is the free will for religion. God now allows us to as we said, he does not control us to directly worship him. Freely you decide to worship him. So in terms of religion, we are now free to decide who to worship. Whether we will go on the side of God or that of the enemy. And also the aspect of ethics. Morally, you can decide to hit your brother, do, do whatever you want. Now with the free will, he wants us to make the right choices. Right choices in knowing how to deal with others, how to deal with him. So this comes with the aspect of ethics. And with God, there is absolute truth. There is absolute. With God, we don't have something being real. Relative. It's absolute. If you are to depend on God, there is the absolute truth. So we have two choices. Either we choose to follow him or not. With the aspect of ethics, you decide to do the right or wrong. That's you. So there is absolute. You can't say for this uh, part of the country whereby I'm living, I'm a Ghanaian. So being a Ghanaian, I can commit uh, I can commit fornication and it's not sin. Whereas someone in America is to be sin for that person. No, with God, we have what we call something which is absolute. It's not relative. It's not dependent on culture. So God has created us. He has given us the free will. We decide to do the right thing or the wrong thing. So that's another implication of the free will he has given unto us. And we see the aspect of science also in it. The actions of body and brain are not wholly determined by the cause and effect. So we also decide what to use our brain for. It's not that this has caused it so we will see this effect. Not, not that always. God has created us. He wants us to make the right choices. And that right choices is dependent on you. You decide to follow God or not to follow God. That's how God created man. He did not want to just control us as robots. He's a loving God. He loves us. He has given us the free will because we are special. But this is not so with the other things God created. Thank you so much. Our pastor will pray with us. We pray thee that you strengthen us in our work with you, that we will follow you in all things. All we are saying this morning is, let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. I believe and hope that you have a wonderful and pleasant day. God be with you. Any inquiries or contribution, you can contact us on plus two three three two four four six seven three five two eight or plus two three three two four four two three five zero one seven or email us at radio at vvu.edu.gh or through the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana PO Box AF five nine five. Adenta Greater Accra Region, Ghana. We will expect your feedback.
World Radio Ghana. The program is Moment of Truth. Once again, we have the opportunity to wait upon the Lord for Him to feed us on His Word. For some time now, we have been talking on the topic God's Stairway to Heaven. We have taken the first two parts of the three part series, and today we are taking the last part of the three series. We're taking a closer look at God's stairway. That is the last part of the three series. And so wherever you are listening to me, I invite you to bow your head as a seclarance from the Lord. Father, this hour, we are ready to be fed. And so, Lord, speak your words of blessings to us. Make us to understand who you are and how you want us to live. Thank you for answered prayer in the name of Jesus. Now, at the last message, I spoke about Jacob's vision. Now, what did he see? Jacob saw a ladder set up on earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. That was what we read in Genesis 28, verse 12, our key text. So he saw the ladder reach down from top to the earth. B, he saw the angels of God ascending and descending on it. C, and the Lord stood above it. Thus, we have a brief but very enlightening picture of the plan of redemption in miniature. God was just trying to make it plain, open to Jacob, that no matter how far you have gone in sin, he has his own way of redeeming you, of saving you, and putting you back on the right course. Now, Christ is God's stairway connecting heaven and earth. So the ladder stood on the earth, and the Son of God came to this earth to become the connecting link between earth and heaven. No man, according to John 14 verse 16, that no man cometh unto the Father but by me. This is the promise from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now the next point. The angels of God are sent to minister unto them that are to be heirs of salvation as recorded in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 13 and 14. The next point. At the head of the ladder is our heavenly Father. 
He is the moving source of the plan of redemption, as recorded in John chapter 3, verse 16, for God so loved the world. Now my third point is a blessed assurance to God's people who are, like Jacob, was conscious of their many shortcomings and their need of divine aid. Do you need God's divine aid now? Then blessed are thou. Christ is their stairway to heaven. If you need a divine, you need a divine aid now, then I want to assure you that Christ is your divine link. He is your divine link. He is our advocate with the Father. He is the throne of grace to which we are invited. He is our assurance that we have free access unto God's mercy seats. All God's promises are ye and amen in him, as recorded and stated by Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. My dear listeners, our God is a loving God, and he will want to save us from every sin. He wants to cleanse us. He wants to forgive us. He wants to make us his children once again. What have you done that you feel so bad, that you feel rejected, that you feel you cannot be forgiven? I want you to know one thing, that that was why Christ came to atone for me and you. So the dream that Jacob had is the descending of Jesus from heaven to this earth to atone for me and you. If you have trust and believe in the Lord, then I want to assure you today that Jesus Christ is sitting on the right-hand side of our Father and he's pleading for me and you. What it means is that Jesus is my Savior personally. Jesus is my advocate personally. Jesus is my Lord personally. Jesus is my King personally. All you need to do this hour is to turn to him and ask him to forgive you and to cleanse you, and to make you what he wants you to be. At this moment, I want you to know one thing. There are so many ways that we can approach the throne of God. But all will lead to the grace of Jesus Christ. You have to accept your weaknesses. That is one way. You have to accept his words. That is one way. You have to dedicate your life. That is one way. And above all, Rededicate your life to him. When you begin to take these steps, I want to assure you that you are falling into the mercy hands of the Most High God. The Son of Man carried humanity to the highest level so that we can be one with him and be able to overcome sin in our lives. Like Jacob, he became afraid because he was carrying that guilt. If you can Throw away that guilt now. If you can hand over that problem to Jesus now, I want to assure you that surely Jesus would have forgiven you now. He would have cleansed you now. He would have accepted you now. So what are you waiting for, my dear listener? What are you waiting for? Your sin is not so heavy that he cannot forgive. Your sin is not so hard, it's not so, I mean, so heavy for him that he cannot carry. And so I invite you at this moment, wherever you are, I want you to know that the King of Kings 
and the Lord of laws, who calls himself our brother in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 to 16, is ever ready to accept you now. What it means is that, come to him now and hand over all your worries, hand over all your guilt unto him and know that he is your Lord and Savior. I want to have a word of prayer with you, wherever you are. Maybe you have gone so deep into sin and you think that your sins cannot be forgiven. There is no sin that God cannot forgive. The only sin that he cannot forgive is the sin that you are not ready to confess. It is the sin that you do not want to be forgiven. And that is the sin against the Holy Spirit. But Jesus wants to forgive you. So why don't you open your heart to him now? I am praying with you. I am praying with you. If you have cheated on your wife, if you have cheated on your husband, your son, your daughter, your friend, your business colleague, this is the time that you have to seek clearance from the Lord for forgiveness. I am praying with you, and I believe God has forgiven you already. Shall we pray? My dear Father, I thank you for my listeners. Like Jacob, who stole the birthright of the elder brother and stole his blessings. Later, when he revealed himself to you, after he confessed his sins because of his guilt, you forgive him. And so I'm praying for all couples who might have cheated on themselves now, that Lord forgive them and bring them together. If anyone have cheated on a child or a friend or a colleague or a business partner, Father, as they are hearing me now, they have decided to forgive and forget, Lord, grant them the power of the Holy Spirit that they can do this. I pray that the Lord will touch you and bless you wherever you are, wherever you are now, and hand over your life to him. Thank you, Father, for answering prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Chris Kwesi Lambert of SDA Church Tema on the radio, Adventist World Radio Ghana, on the program Moment of Truth. See you another time. Thank you very much for staying with us. Once again, you can reach us on plus 233-244-673528 or plus 233-244-235-017 or email us at radio at vvu.edu.gh or through the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana PO Box AF595. Adenta, Greater Accra Region, Ghana. We will expect your feedback. A-W-R, Ghana. Voice of I believe today's magazine has been a blessing. May the good Lord's hand be in your life. Amen. Remember to tune in same time tomorrow. Bye for now. <laughs>